Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Is absolutely hysterical. A text that's come in as we're talking about 2022 in the primary elections coming up soon and general elections this fall. And this could change the entire map politically for the country. <laughs> Over on the text line, we have this. You ready for this one? Vince, I'm so glad the election is happening after my birthday instead of before. The 2020 election. And he's referred to that as a fraud. The results ruined my birthday. And the sleepy goon being sworn in was the crap icing to the excrement cake. <laughs> I hope the Republicans annihilate the Democrats this November. But we have to partake in the primaries. Vote out the rhinos. Vote out the rhinos. And Jeff, I think a lot of people would certainly agree with that. That is a big priority for these elections. And speaking of such, we have state and local elections going on. We have state, House, and Senate seats that will be up for grabs. This is, this is very important to determine what's going to happen in the states of North and South Carolina, who will control not just the party, but the individuals. That's really important that strong individuals are elected now, I want to make very clear here, and I don't, I think I can safely say I've not done this in terms of endorsing people, but along the way, I meet people that I think are worthy of your attention. One of them had the opportunity to visit with just a couple of weeks ago and have an opportunity to further have discussion. This is someone who uh, actually received national media attention because he has taken a stand against CRT, which is getting a lot of traction around the country. I'm referring to the man who's running in District 73 in North Carolina for the House of Representatives. It's Brian Echeverria, who is back with us on the broadcast today. Good morning, brother, and welcome to the broadcast, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Well, I want to jump right in and first ask you, uh, what is it about this particular race that has attracted you? Why are you running for the North Carolina House? Our families, Vince, you know, everything about government touches our homes. And I think one of the, the biggest mistakes is we argue things in theory and forget how they actually apply to our homes. And over the years, that's became more apparent. My parents literally left North Carolina because of policy. So government policy broke up our homes. They're, they're 25 and 30-year veterans of the military. And because they have 
a fixed income, they had to go where they wouldn't be taxed on that disability income. You take a look at the schools, Vince, the CRT teachings, some of the, the aggressive LGBT agenda type of things, but just indoctrination in general says that we have to get in there and we have to win this moment. That's what made me get involved. What are the issues that that stand out to you as uh, the, you know, we were having discussion before the break. What's really weighing a lot of people right now, it's inflation, the economic issues, the gasoline prices. What can be done on a state level about some of these issues? Well, most of these are federal issues. On a state level, what happens is we have a gas tax in North Carolina. And I think we're number uh, 11 in the gas tax, something like that. So we have this gas tax that exacerbates our situation. But it's not only the gas tax. What's happening with rising costs is the typical family in Cabarrus County will give 11% of their income to state and local government. That's not even counting Uncle Sam. So that's 11% of our income. So that combined with rising costs, I mean, I have a household of six that I have to feed you know, all of a sudden it costs it cost about 40% more total to feed my household. And, and that's really what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a perfect storm that is attacking our household financially. So what are some of the things that can be done to help relieve the pressure and, and certainly long-term uh, put uh, people in the state in, in a much better position economically? Well, number one, what we could do immediately is take a gas tax holiday. That's number one. Number two, in the long term, we need to get to a 0% personal income tax rate in North Carolina. We have a, a tax-friendly environment for businesses in terms of those states that do tax. We're at 2.5%, but we need a 0% income. What I know as a financial advisor is 5% of a household income is destiny changing for a family. If they can save that, if they can invest that, if they can use that for school, or if we just wanna have a great time and build family memories with a vacation. So short term, we need to do something about the gas tax. Long term, we need to get to a 0% state income tax. Those are certainly uh, uh, worthy goals, and I think there are many who already are interested in moving that direction. It certainly will resonate with a lot of people. Uh, let's touch on some of the uh, the uh, hot social issues that have been going on. You've gotten oh, a yeah. lot of attention across the country uh, for your comments about CRT, for instance. Do you see, as I do, that it, it looks like this issue, this is not a Republican issue. It looks like uh, so many in the American people are solidly uh, lined up against this kind of teaching. Uh, is that what you're finding? I'm finding most people are, even teachers. I've had teachers meet with me from Cabarrus County to talk about what's actually happening in the schools. Now, amazingly enough, they are so concerned with retaliation, they won't even meet in Cabarrus County. They insist we meet elsewhere so that they're not accidentally overheard talking about what's happening in the schools. Now, this is not from a school board issue. It's not from a curriculum issue. It's from an activist uh, position that certain teachers, very few, but certain teachers are injecting this in. You know, for instance, in one of our high schools, just about a month ago, and the family doesn't want to go forward because, you know, their daughter's like, hey, she doesn't want to be ostracized and everything else. But they had an assignment to prove 
This is in a Cabarrus County school. They had an assignment to prove that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. And here's the CRT, that the Electoral College is racist. And their assignment was to prove that. And the teacher made it very clear that she didn't like Donald Trump and that he was illegitimate and not her president. And this was the assignment. Now, I'm certain or I would hope that there was a a counter position that was also talked about in the class. But it didn't sound that way when the young lady was sharing it. Wow. It's absolutely amazing. And at the same time, I don't think it's surprising uh, the politics, the level of politics has made it into our classrooms, which is certainly very unfortunate. You're you're breaking up, Vince. I can't hear you at all. That's not a good sign, uh, but it's a good thing that we are also coming to a hard break uh, because that's all the time we have. Uh, I would encourage you, you, if you have us enough to be able to give this information in about 15 seconds, how do people learn more about Brian Echeverria? Thank you very much, Vince. Excellent interview. I appreciate the opportunity. BrianEchevarria.com. I'm on social media. Vote Brian Echeverria. Elect Brian Echeverria. That's E-C-H-E-V-A-R-R-I-A. I need your support. We need volunteers, and we have to win this moment to secure our future. Brian, uh, thanks a lot for joining us on the broadcast. Um, look forward to talking with you uh, sometime again in the future if you'd like to learn more about him. Coming up, I told you there's a number of stories about the headwinds being faced by the Democrat Party. Uh, we've got more of them. Unbelievable. And again, these are not all right-wing sources, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. news agencies and as the announcer on television says but wait there's more including this a CBS News poll and economic views inflation outweighs jobs you hear the politicians Joe Biden for instance going on very incessantly taking the credit for the job picture and it's positive. Strong unemployment numbers. But guess what? It's outweighed when they rate the economy. Many do say the job market, it's great. The jobs have increased over the last year. But it's still inflation. 
inflation driving views. And even those who say the job market is okay still don't rate the economy well. Americans are basing this on personal experience. Two-thirds say higher prices have been difficult or even a hardship and now forcing many to make cutbacks. I'm very curious. Are you one of those people? Are you in a place where you're having to cut back because of these economic conditions? If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I do want to know, what is the impact in your home? How has life changed for you based on this? While the White House has often stressed the jobs number, people's focus on prices continues to bring negative ratings for both the economy and the president's handling of it. Most rate the job market in the community favorably. Just over half say the number of jobs has increased in the last year. People recognize that. That is a good thing. But even those who rate the job market positively are slightly more inclined to say the national economy is bad. And that's because of high prices. When people say the economy is bad, it's not because of jobs. Just 17% give that as the reason. Negative judgments are overwhelmingly based on inflation and gas prices. This is the broken record. Hearing this over and over again, aren't you? Higher prices leading people to say they're making cutbacks especially on more discretionary items like entertainment and travel. And that can have a wider impact on the economy later. About half are cutting back on food and groceries, especially people on lower incomes. Partisanship does play a role in people's views. This is no different than before. From the start of President Biden's presidency, Republicans have held more negative views of the economy than Democrats have. It's all always the way it happens. Yet the reasons they give when they do rate it as bad are common across both parties. This is a sign of real trouble for the administration. Both parties all blame this largely on higher prices. Republicans, they say they don't trust the Biden administration. And that's pretty much what you would expect. Biden gets his lowest approval ratings on the economy and inflation, on gas prices specifically. Most think he could be doing more to lower them. Nearly all Republicans share this view. They believe his policies are doing a lot to contribute to higher gas prices. Democrats more likely to blame oil and gas companies. The war in Ukraine and sanctions on Russia than they are Mr. Biden. But nearly four in ten Democrats do think he should be doing more especially those with lower incomes. That said, views on what a president can do about gas prices have historically involved partisanship as much as any institutional view of the office. The president's overall job approval rating, 42%, that's down one point from last month. It's been hovering in the 40s for months now. And that tick down does mark its lowest point yet. In addition to the economy, inflation, immigration, and crime also of concern, especially among Republicans, along with the situation with Russia and Ukraine, on which Mr. Biden gets relatively better 
ratings. And the key word there is probably relatively. <laughs> because these are numbers I don't think any president would want to boast about. At least one in the right mind. Earlier, we had the conversation with Brian Echeverria. One of the issues we were discussing, CRT, politics in the classroom. Remember last week we played that clip of Peppermint Patty arguing with Peter Ducey, just basically saying, you know, why are we even talking about this? Essentially is what she's saying. You know, where is this being taught in the schools in the first place? Well, we do know some other things are also being taught about sexuality and gender. Are you ready for this? Because I think you need to brace for this because this is not something that's isolated to one place. This is something I'm sure is happening all across the country. New Jersey to require second graders learn about gender identity in the fall. This is alarming to to parents. Are you ready for this? This one is just mind-blowing. Sample New Jersey lesson plan. You might feel like you're a boy, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are girls' parts. Dear God. New Jersey public school second graders will be getting lessons related to gender identity this fall under state sex education guidelines taking effect in September. The standards listed performance expectations for second graders, which include discussing the range of ways people express their gender and how gender role stereotypes may limit behavior. May I remind you again, these are second graders. One school district in the state distributed sample lesson plans indicating first graders could be taught that they have boy parts, but feel like a girl. The lesson plans given to parents of the Westfield Board of Education's February 22nd meeting appear to be reflective of the Garden State's new, broader sex education curriculum. One lesson plan, Purple, Pink, and Blue, instructs teachers to talk to the first graders about gender identity, and its first objective is to have the students be able to define gender, gender identity, and gender role stereotypes. The lesson's second objective is to have students name at least two things they've been taught about gender role stereotypes and how those things may limit people of all genders. Gender identity is that feeling of knowing your gender. You might feel like you're a boy. You might feel like you're a girl. You might feel like you're a boy, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are girl parts. You might feel like a girl even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are boy parts. And you might not feel like you're a boy or a girl, but you're a little bit of both. No matter how you feel, you're pretty normal. My goodness, would somebody go get me a bucket? Second graders, ladies and gentlemen. Second graders. Congratulations. <laughs> Much more as we continue the broadcast.
back on the broadcast. <laughs> it is pretty intriguing, isn't it? To consider just how deeply the progressive activists are reaching into our classrooms and impacting our children. This is really frustrating. Very frustrating. Because again, so much of this is really so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Love to get your thoughts on (laughs) what New Jersey is doing. And you're concerned about the possibility these kinds of things would be tried elsewhere. I love what is communicated by one of the parents' groups. It's simple. Governor Murphy thinks he knows better how to parent your children than you do. Isn't this what this all comes down to? The shocking graphic materials taught to children barely old enough to read and write fly in the face of the Democrats' insistence on the campaign trail last fall that critics of these new standards were exaggerating or even bigoted for raising concerns in the first place. Democrats lied to parents, belittled and shamed them for wanting a say in their children's education. They're about to find out in November what happens when you mess with other people's kids. For God's sake, I hope so. I hope so. We continue to follow the war in Ukraine. Did you think a few weeks out that we would still see a country that has not been subdued effectively by the Russians? Did you think this? I need to pull up the audio. I can't remember who that was, but there was some former official who was talking about how all this stuff about the Ukrainian people fighting back was fiction, and these stories about them retaking areas was fiction, and that Russia was going to wrap this thing up. That was weeks ago. This person was dead, dead wrong. In fact, I'm going to dig that up and play that again, because it was right on the money. I'm being facetious. Here's what's happening now, according to Business Insider. Audio has been captured of Russian soldiers discussing killing and raping Ukrainians, with one saying, if there are civilians, slay them all. These are intercepted radio transmissions from Russian forces. These audio clips include troops being instructed to kill civilians. Another clip includes someone reporting that three soldiers had raped a 16-year-old girl. These audio clips, obtained and published by CNN, include orders to kill civilians, discussions of a 16-year-old being raped by Russian forces. Not clear who's speaking, but Ukrainian officials say these are conversations between Russian soldiers and their commanders. Get a load of this. A car drove by. This is a quote from the transcript. A car drove by, but I'm not sure if it was a car or a military vehicle. 
But there were two people coming out of the grove dressed as civilians. This one, one soldier said over the radio. The second person says, kill them all for F's sake. The original soldier starts to protest, saying the village is composed of civilians, prompting the second person to respond, what's wrong with you? If there are civilians, slay them all. Any of this surprise you at all? No surprise to me whatsoever. These crawls calls for some sort of help stepping up after the reports we're hearing out of number number of these towns and cities are pretty dire. Russian forces pulled out of areas around Kiev, revealing liberated Ukrainian towns that allege Russian forces committed atrocities against them, including the murder and rape of civilians. One woman from one village said Russian forces killed her husband and raped her repeatedly. Intercepted audio published by CNN also included a Russian, Russian soldier in a tank regiment telling a woman over the radio that three members had raped a 16-year-old girl. Are tankers, the woman asked. After the soldier responded, yes, the woman said, F. Some of the worst allegations emerging from Buka, a town near Kiev, where a mass grave was discovered near a church after Russian forces retreated. It's not known how many victims there actually are. Some towns completely destroyed. Some do not exist anymore. No more buildings, no more people. And at this point, they haven't reached these areas completely to find out the full impact this is also interesting. Vladimir Putin's former chief economic advisor is saying Russia would likely halt the Ukraine war within a month or two if the West slapped a full embargo on Russian oil and gas. This is one of the things people have been advising these politicians to do. He's saying this is the key to ending this conflict. Stop buying Russian oil and gas saying the president's likely reassured by a continuing steady flow of energy export revenue. That allows him to continue the war. But if Western countries implemented a real embargo on oil and gas exports from Russia, within a month or two, Russian military operations in Ukraine probably will be ceased. He's saying it's one of the very effective instruments still in the possession of the Western countries. Do they have the courage to do it? Do they have the willpower to do it? Do they have the insight and wisdom to find energy sources elsewhere? That remains to be seen. Stay with us. Back in the final stretch of the broadcast, (laughs) this text, Vince... When your Biden administration goal is to destroy our system, Clara Piven, and help your sugar daddy, Putin, you don't stop buying Russian oil. Ah, very interesting. 
Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. Time for us now to take a look at the day in history. We have Bernie back with us. Good to see you, Bernie. Good to be here, Vince. How you doing? Doing pretty good, pretty good. I have a total of seven questions for you. Fantastic. Some of these are uh, a little bit tricky. I hope I, hope I can provide some good clues here. We begin in the year 1814. And this very diminutive, as in short person, abdicated the throne and is exiled to Elba. Who is this short person? Would not be, when you say short, I think of Napoleon. <laughs> you hit that right on the head. Here we go. It is Napoleon. 1953, this department created. It has three particular areas that it addresses. H-E-W. Those are the letters. What is that department in the federal government? Uh, um, H-E-W is the acronym? Yes. H-E-W. Can you guess any of them? House? Is the, is the H stand for house? No, not <laughs> house. Think of domestic concerns. Homeland? Uh, uh, we'll give you one more guess hmm. for either one of those letters. H-E-W. I have no idea, Vince. And let's go with health, education, and oh, welfare. Of course. Health, education, and welfare. 1953, when that department was opened up. 1958, I think we had a similar question maybe a week or two ago. This was a song that hit number one on this day in 1958. It is a drink. Hmm. What is that drink? I'll give you a hint. Probably very popular in Mexico. Ooh. Is it a, is it a soda drink, Vince? No, this would be an adult beverage. Oh, would it be a margarita? Oh, no. Oh. Tequila. Tequila. Oh, okay. I know the song that you're referring to as well. Yes, I bet you have heard it <laughs> have. a number of times. This is a guy who has a very weird voice like this. I'm trying to do it well. He performed in New York City for the first time opening for John Lee Hooker. I can't do the voice very well today, <laughs> but he's... A very popular musician. Oh. He, uh, this was 1961 when he performed in New York City for the first time. Do you know who I'm trying to uh, emulate? <laughs> um, I was having trouble with the voice, Vince. I'll be honest. Um, gosh. He opened I'm, in 1961. Let me see if I can give you a song that might uh, bring this in. What kind of music do you like, by the way? I usually listen to alternative um, for the most part, a little bit of older 90s uh, hip-hop and R&B, stuff like that. Ah, mm -hmm. okay. So not much on the rock side. Let me give you a list of some of the songs. Sure. Blowing in the Wind, The Times They're Changing. Oh, uh, uh, is that Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. Yep. Excellent. I had a feeling you would know who this is. Oh, yeah. We go to 1981. This president returned to the White House from the hospital after recovering from an assassination attempt. Who was that in 1981? It was not JFK, was it? Uh, that's off by 20 years. Oh, that's perfect. That's fantastic. This guy returned to the White House, so he survived oh, the assassination attempt. 
Oh. 1980s. That would be Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. 1986. This particular company cut off their tours of cereal plants because they feared foreign spies would steal secrets. Which one of the big cereal makers was it? I'll give you a hint. They make Raisin Bran. Um, it's not Kellogg's, is it? It is Kellogg's. And 1988, this woman won Best Actress Oscar for Moonstruck. Hmm. I can give you a better hint. She used to have a TV show with her husband. Way, 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 way back. It's not. Is it Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, no. How about if I mention the name Sonny? Oh, uh, is it Sonny and Cher? It's Cher, who won Best Actress Oscar for Moonstruck. 1988 was the year. Hmm. All right, in the category of just profound stupidity. (laughs) Okay, you ready for this story of just somebody who does something absolutely crazy that is beyond explanation? Well, the TSA, they discovered something inside a traveler's cane last week. In fact, the man who owned this city had no idea it was there. You ready to find out what it was? Oh, yes. It was a sword. <laughs> he had a sword in his cane. And the TSA person said the man claimed he had no idea the blade was in there. <laughs> so he surrendered the cane. He was cleared to continue his travels. Now, it's not uncommon for blades to be concealed in seemingly ordinary objects. On Thursday, a passenger attempted to make it through airport security with a dagger concealed in a hairbrush handle at the Ithaca Tomskins Regional Airport. People do some really crazy things, don't they? Vince, do they let you on a flight after they confiscate your weapon, or do they turn you away and say, sorry, you can't fly? Well, the first guy they let go on, I don't know what happened in this second instance, but uh, you really have to wonder after yeah. a while about the state of mind of some of these folks. <laughs> well, that is the time that we have for the broadcast today. Thanks a lot for joining us. Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. Take care, and God bless you. Adios. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 